Hey, PSP3 Nation. Welcome to the Peak Sports Performance Podcast, dedicated to helping our family become not only elite athletes, but also elite individuals. Hey, everyone. Thanks for joining us again on the Peak Sports Performance Podcast. On today's episode, I will be speaking with long-term client and current New York giant, Kale Garrett. Kale, thank you for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate you taking the time out of your day to speak with me. Of course. Thanks for having me, man. So you went to Kearney High School here in Kansas City. What sport or sport did you play growing up? Uh, growing up, I pretty much did everything. Uh, I mean, football, basketball, baseball, a little bit of track. Soccer really wasn't my thing, although I kind of watch it more now um, growing up as a grown-up, but Growing up, I didn't really play too much. Um, so did some track, and then I wrestled one year in high school, too. Very cool. And you played linebacker. Uh, what kind of molded you or moved you to that position in football? Um, I think just kind of having a natural knack for those, the best position um, that fit my body frame, frame and then uh, talents as well from a young age on, I think. Um so I think that's what kind of moved me towards that, and then it's just really fun. I think I had a lot of fun just chasing the guy with the ball um, and getting to hit him as hard as I could as a little kid. <laughs> uh, <laughs> There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that whatsoever. No, but just kind of thought it was pure joy and just uh, an adrenaline rush that didn't really compare to much else. Sure, sure. Now you trained with us for about nine months of the year. Uh, outside of football season, you're driving pretty much almost an hour each direction to get here. How did you manage doing that, your high school football workouts, going to school, having a job, and staying social? Um, I think it's just about finding balance and everything, um, just making sure that all my ducks were in a row and staying organized. But it just, the bottom line was just prioritizing what my passion was. And I, I really liked football, and I wanted to become a better athlete um and i've heard nothing but good things about y'all so um i was willing to drive a little ways if it meant getting better training um and then you guys were just awesome working with me as well um so it was well worth it to me in my opinion well it's funny i still i still remember that picture of you out back the facility pushing that sled (laughs) on the the old concrete out back the old facility that was uh Oh yeah, one of those pictures that's still on the wall here at the gym. So I, I find that <laughs> comical when I see it every time. But so you ended up playing football at Mizzou. Uh, I remember you talking about your recruiting process and all that kind of stuff. Um, coming out of high school, depending on who you talked to, you were a two or three star linebacker. But you ended up in an SEC mm-hmm. school. How that happened? What was your recruitment like? Uh, it was actually pretty, pretty slow and um, frustrating. Honestly, my mom is who I owe like 90% of me ended up where I am today too uh, just because she was busting her butt to get me to camps um, that we thought were important to go to when in reality they really weren't Um, but I kind of picked up some FCS and lower level schools um, at the beginning and my dream was always to play division one football Um, but 
I was committed to the Naval Academy for the longest time um, just because that was my biggest offer. Uh, it's an amazing school. It's an amazing academy. And uh, there was really no other place like it. And they were super awesome. But at the end of the day, my dream was always to play football at the highest level. So my senior season comes and goes, and I'm committed to Navy. And then um, five days before signing day, I remember getting a call from my head coach and just him kind of relaying to me that something happened at Mizzou to where a guy that they had that was already committed there at linebacker was no longer able to commit there. Um, some sort of issues off the field, I think. And then uh, they just kind of wanted to bring me in to fill out their class. And I remember my mom and I being so mad at first just because we'd always, I'd always wanted to go there um, and play at that level. And I finally had this chance, but it's like, why now? I remember we were really frustrated and mad at them, like, what took you guys so long? But by the end of the day, we were super relieved, and I was a Missouri Tiger. So the rest is history after that. Right. Well, it's one of those things you take the the opportunity that comes to you sometimes, and you just do your best, and that's, sometimes that's what leads you to get to where you want to be. Um, I know that you know, we're really talking with a lot of our guys about recruiting and any sport, really. There's so many options to go down on avenues, but I feel like at the end of the day, what I see is what works the best is when the kids keep their heads heads down and keep doing the work. And it shows and people and people find you. Yeah, 100%. <clears throat> so what I'll say to that is not letting recruitment and the stress of college ball and the next level take the joy out of what you're doing uh, that's something that I still have to remember even in this day is like, don't let the business side or any outside factor take away from why you do what you do and that's because we love sports man like I play football because I'm so passionate about it and there's nothing else like it for me um, and I know a lot of people can resonate with that too so don't necessarily play to get recruited but play because you love to play um, you're a great athlete and if you like you said keep your head down in the offseason and work hard every day and just focus on what's important right now and what I can control in this moment then everything else will take care of itself no absolutely I, I agree everybody's watched you play not only in high school but at every level uh, knows that one of your greatest assets on the field is your instincts and how did you think that, that was developed did you train that you know how did you really hone in on that um i would say like usually everybody's got a kind of a knack at what they're good at or um just the things that they're naturally talented at but um i think that was initially maybe one of my things but to further hone that like i still need a lot of work with my instincts and um they can also come and go too i think i think the best way to develop great instincts is having confidence in yourself um, and your ability, but then also preparing the right way. So preparation breeds confidence, um, putting in the hours, watching film or listening to your coaches teach you a certain way to go about doing things and then understanding what your opponent's going to do too um, can help you anticipate things quicker and you're able to act on it with that confidence because you've been preparing the whole week or however long before that. Yeah, one of my favorite quotes, uh, I read a lot of books about you know mot motivational pieces in that. One of my favorite books by Joshua Medcalf talks about, you know, we don't shine under the bright lights. The bright lights just show our work in the dark. 
Uh, and I think that's really Absolutely. cool. Really cool because you know it's really hard to stay locked in and, and keep your head down and keep working and focusing on the small things that um, may not seem as important to you. And then all of a sudden, one game comes up or it's the the lights turn on, and all of a sudden it's like you're going to change everything. It's it's no. It truly just is a reflection of what you've been doing while the lights have been turned off. Absolutely, you never know what that one extra rep or one little thing that you remember from practice um, is going to help you remember, um, or like that one thing that you've been studying all week can show up in the game, um, and you would never think that it would, but just by being there and preparing the right way. No, absolutely, I hundred percent agree with you on that, and that's. My favorite parts of uh, your story is what we're getting to now at Mizzou. So you went from being, um, like you said, almost a last-second sign to a spot starter to a team captain in two years, winning first and second team All-SECs. And what was that transition like, and what do you credit your rapid rise um, up that depth chart? Uh, I think just being coachable is the biggest thing, Uh, being able to listen to what, feedback they're giving you and understanding that all that's going to do by taking that not to heart but by taking that and working on it is only going to make you better um and then also just having the confidence in your own abilities and then like i said proper preparation living right doing everything the right way um going about it and handling your business and you know if you're truly focused and want to be successful at something you're gonna have to make sacrifices in other areas of your life so i think that was a big thing too is giving up a lot of the outside stuff um and keeping the main thing the main thing so i would say that for sure and just i had like i said i had great coaches at mizzou too and i had great teammates too to help me along the way um it's never going to be a one-man job in team sports so being able to trust your peers and your coaches um, and then just working your butt off every single day. Right, right. And then your senior year, I mean, what a crazy ride. I remember uh, Tracy and I were looking at the schedule. Of, okay, we're going to go watch Kale play at Columbia <laughs> this date. Um, but, you know, you were SEC Defensive Player of the Week two times and a brief leader on the team for touchdowns, two pick sixes and a super <laughs> score, which is hilarious for a defensive player. But I thought it was amazing. Uh, and you were on pace for an all- All-American season, and then, Boom, the torn pec happens. Uh, you know, we all, we all know injuries have a huge impact, not only on the physical but mental side of sports. How did that injury affect you? Uh, that, I think that led into one of the toughest and most frustrating seasons and years of my life um, to follow. Like you said, it was just as much, if not more, of a mental challenge to overcome as it was a physical um, just because I'd never really dealt with injuries before that either. I was always pretty healthy, good good about taking care of my body. Um, and that was the first time I ever had surgery. And I'm just not used to watching from the sideline. I'm, I'm always one to try and be in the action. Um, so that was really hard to be uh, a good teammate and see your role completely get flip-flopped. You go from being like a leader on the team, a starting guy, like in on every play, just go, go, go all the time to, hey, now I'm I'm sitting back here and I'm doing rehab a little bit on my own, but I can't 
do a whole lot to change the outcome of the game other than encourage my teammates. So it really tested how much I love the game and how much I love my teammates too by being able to show up every day for them um, and be there for them. And then following that, going into combine training, it was more of a singular focus on myself. Um, but it was still super frustrating. I think it set me back uh, further than I'd like to admit. But it ended up, by the end of it, um, testing me in a lot of ways. I think making me mentally, more mentally strong um, coming out of it. It's just one of those things, like with anything, if you want to get better, you have to focus on the present. Like, you can't look too far ahead. Like, this surgery is going to set me back six months. No, you got to worry about what you can do today. Um, right. There's actually a quote. It's like, don't don't let what you can't do affect what you can do. So that was just the kind of thing I had to kind of keep in my head every day. Focus on what I could do. Right. Well, that mental side is so is so crazy because it, it can, like you said, when you're used to being healthy all the time and being out there all the time, you're never that guy that's on the sideline cheering on your teammates as much because you're always in the action. But when it gets kind of taken away from you, I, I've found in, in talking with other athletes and myself in person, like my thoughts are, you know, that those kind of make you appreciate the game even more and how quickly it can be taken away from you, but how much, you know, sometimes we take things for granted because we're just always in it and we don't sit back and look and be, you know, feel privileged or proud of what we what we've gotten to and what we get to do. Um, Cause like you said earlier, it's a game and you know, the minute that it's not fun anymore. Yeah. It's a business as well as you get older and whatnot, but having fun is the root cause of why we played sports in the beginning. And as soon as that changes, it, it changes your whole outcome. 100%. So, 100%. so draft night, um, what, what emotions were going through your head on that night? Did you know you were getting picked up? Did you not know? Were you kind of on edge? What was that night like? Um, I knew I wasn't going anytime early, so I didn't watch the first two nights. Um, the last day, I was just optimistic that I'd get hear my name called or get a phone call. Um, it didn't end up happening that way, but I thought it worked out well to be a good situation. Um, ended up signing as a free agent to a very, very good program and um, respectable head coach in Tennessee Titans which was um, well, I thought would be a great fit for me. So at the end of the day, it, it kind of worked out like I knew I was going to get my shot to prove myself in the NFL, which was cool. Sure. Which is that, that's what you were hoping for in the beginning is just your chance. It's like you did at Mizzou to get your opportunity to show what you're capable of. So yeah, and that's, all I've, that's all I've ever asked for, and I think that's all anybody can really hope for, hope for is a true shot at uh, doing what they love. Sure. Well, and I guess to backtrack from that a little bit, um, you know, what was leading up to the draft? What was your combine experience like? I know, you know we see it as like this huge mecca of um, abilities and what capabilities of athletes doing certain things. But I know that there's so much more into it of the mental questions and the processes. So what was that like for you? Um, it was pretty stressful, honestly. You're in a new environment coming Coming from kind of getting in a groove training wherever um, you were training at beforehand and then going for about a week or so, maybe five days, and you're in Indianapolis. Like, you got a roommate now. Luckily for me, mine was a college teammate, um, which is pretty cool seeing him again. Um, but it's stressful. You got meetings 
around the clock. You got weigh-ins, you got a drug test, and then um, on top of that, you got to worry about performing at the end of the week too. So it's it's insanely stressful. Um, I know I probably psyched myself out too much uh, during that process, but yeah, like it was it was really cool though too, just to be able to appreciate. Um, that moment too, like when you actually get into Lucas Oil Stadium, it's a pretty surreal feeling knowing that, like, hey, guys, have, like this is where I grew up watching on TV. Right. No, hundred percent. So then, leading to now, you're living your dream. You're playing in. You're playing in the NFL. What can you tell our listeners about your experience in the NFL? How is the training, coaching different than high school or college? Um, I would say they. They treat you like an adult. Uh, if you don't know now, then you might not ever, but there's also just unlimited resources and um, what everybody will say is they're here to work for you. Like, at the end of the day, like, it's a player's league and it's up to us to make things happen. Um, everybody else is kind of like support staff to put us in the best possible position to help us win. Um, and I think that's really cool is like so many people here have like even leadership has a servant mindset where they're here to help others and make people better. Um, I think that's the best way to do it. It's like everybody that's here knows that they didn't get here by themselves for the most part. Um, and a lot of them are super hard workers too. And that's what's allowed them to stay in this league. And for me, I'm just, I'm just trying to fit in and be one of them. Um, you can't get too caught up in being starstruck or anything like that. You just got to enjoy it and take things one day at a time and try and earn the respect of my teammates the best that I can and hang around for as long as I can too. Sure. Absolutely. You know, you end up just doing, doing your job and just kind of one of those things where, especially in a team sport like that, you know, everybody, when teams are doing their best, everybody's doing their job and that's, the best that you can do, you can't try to overstep and do too much. You know, it's one of those things where you find your role, and then you continue to get to, to refine it and get better at it. Um, and then it just comes in time with learning respect of the veterans and things like that as you go through. Absolutely. So I didn't send yes, I didn't send these to you. I we always I always finish with some rapid, uh, quick fire, fun questions, um, but I didn't give you these to you in advance for a reason. So I want to catch right if I can catch you off guard. We'll see what we get here. Oh so, gosh. <laughs> What's the uh, best place you've ever traveled? Best place I've ever traveled? That would be um, a resort down in Mexico, um, Cancun side, Riviera Maya area, I think. Uh, it was over the top, so sick. Um, highly recommend it to anybody. And then I also went to uh, Manchester in the United Kingdom, and that was, that was really cool, too. Now you did some um, hiking for some fundraiser, right? Of a chair of a charity. Yeah. Explain that to me a little bit. I I I've read about it, read about it, but I don't think anybody else really knows much about what that was. I guess I should have. I guess I should have put that on a list too. I, I've read a lot of really <laughs> that, cool that was my thought. That, that's my so, thought. Yours is going to be, but either way, tell me about <laughs> it. So my uh, I started a fundraiser through Wounded Warriors Project, um, and then on Facebook fundraising too. And it received a lot of support, but kind of the premise was of it was to do something really hard for um, people that have either you know that have given for this country and maybe not come back 
a hundred percent, you know? Um, so being able to raise some money for the Wounded Warriors project, a lot of support for it. But the premise was that I was going to go down to the Grand Canyon, um, and hike from the South Rim to the North Rim and back in under 24 hours. And I want to say it's like I did, it ended up being 48 miles in 22 hours. And then there's like over 20,000 feet of elevation change too. Um, one of the hardest things I've ever done, but it was super fun. Um, and had a great time with one of my childhood best friends too. And we managed to raise over like three grand, I think just going out on the, just on a whim, uh, starting to fundraiser one weekend, uh, which I thought was really cool. And it's like, just imagine if one day I could get myself organized and maybe start making something like that a yearly thing, um, I think would be really cool. But I think that also show how supportive and giving people are too, that I was able to raise three grand um, just based off my Facebook friends. No, I, that thing is so awesome. Or the Wounded Warriors Project. Yeah. yeah. That's so cool. We One of the big things for us is, you know, having – fundraisers every year for giving back to either local Kansas City uh, charities or whatnot because I think that you know for me personally at least and I know our staff probably speaks to saying that we're all very privileged to live the lives that we do and get to do the things that we do um, and there's no reason why we can't give back to those that are either less fortunate than us or like you said with the Wounded Warriors Project people that have gone through suffering for us so we can do what we love to do um, I think that's extremely admirable as well as it's something that you know, reflecting back on it is something to be very thankful for. Absolutely, yeah. You could always, it could always be worse than what you got. And I think doing things like that really helps you understand, um, like you said, how privileged you are. And you find the newfound gratitude for your lives, too, I think. Absolutely. So next question, best barbecue in Kansas City? Oh, gosh. <laughs> Do I just go easy and say like Gates or Q thirty nine or something? I mean, um, you could not. You also, you really, you almost can't even go wrong at that point. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go with uh, let's just go with Gates then. Okay, I would mess with that. Okay, and are you a uh, brisket guy or are you a pulled pork guy? Oh, I love brisket, man. I really like brisket, but I like pulled pork too, man. It's, just, uh, it's, all, it's also good, right? You, you really can't go wrong. We're going to go with brisket. Brisket final answer. Okay. Now, if you weren't playing football, what other sport do you think you would be playing professionally if, if you were playing professional sports? So, I think when I was in, like, sixth or seventh grade, baseball was actually my best sport. Um, I was throwing the ball pretty hard as a lefty but that really doesn't mean that I would have made it anywhere but at that time it was my best sport I think if I had to realistically pursue anything right now out after football I might give like uh UMA a shot or something like that <laughs> you kind of have the, you kind of have the mentality I'd love to see you on a baseball field right now I think that'd be pretty imp- pretty impressive to see. No, that'd be fun <laughs> well, well yeah no sh- in years, or much less tried to hit one. Um, <laughs> that, that, that wouldn't turn out well for me. It's amazing, though, because you, you think about baseball, they're throwing a little white ball 100 miles an hour at you, but yet you're also standing there and running downhill at a 250-pound running back as hard as you can, too. So, I mean, like, there's, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
So I don't know. The, go ahead. Oh no no no! I was just thinking about that. I was like, yeah, me trying to hit a baseball right now would probably get some laughs, but uh, that's about it. <laughs> so, last one I got for you is: What's your favorite PSP three memory? Um, honestly, just going there every day with one of my buddies. Um, we kind of make the commute over there together sometimes, and being able to talk with him on the way over was really cool and then just being in that super supportive environment that y'all created over there um like, like you said it's i've been a long-term client there uh, but it's been a minute since i've been in so i'm ready to go see that new facility but i'm sure that the uh the feeling and the vibe from it will be exactly the same as whenever i was there um just it's a family feel for sure you guys i've kept up with you for i don't know it's been six years now maybe right um and always super helpful and I'm grateful for that and I'm really looking forward to getting into that new facility and training with you guys soon well, we're looking forward to having you back we got some new equipment and we just did an expansion on our turf space so uh, when you're ready to rock we'll be re- waiting for you absolutely I'll probably be there in June man awesome awesome hey Kale, I really appreciate your time today it means a lot to me of course thanks for having me on Nick alright